Okay, before we crack on, we've got a lot of boggling Watch 2016 news to get through. Um, a lot. I say a lot, not that much. Um, first of all, this is something that I believe Laura pointed out to me. Um, it was uh, it was news last week, but I didn't want to mention it last week because it was all very E3 focused. But Boglins might be coming back as a thing. Yeah, they're going to make new Boglins, apparently. And this news is good because it means that Jim can now get as many Boglins as he wants, maybe, without having to like risk buying one without a finger covered in jizz. Yeah, which so far, that that's not happened. I mean, I don't know about the jizz. I mean, you don't know what could be on or in these no, things. No, you've, you've um, had some close calls, I think, with the quality of some of your Boglin attempted purchases. I think it was always mar- it was always marmalade with our Boglins. They always got covered in marmalade. It's all we ever had to eat was marmalade sandwiches. <laughs> oh, I, I wasn't I wasn't picturing sandwiches. It's just all we ever had to eat was marmalade, and you're just like scooping it imagine, out the, out like the Winnie jar, the morning, Pooh. moon, and night. It was a it was a working class Irish family in the eighties. You know how these <laughs> things are. All we had to eat was marmalade and potatoes and coal. <laughs> Oh, um, so I don't want to take credit for Boglins coming back. Um, for the cre- the creator Tim Clark did on his Instagram has like an early design sculpt, and it looks like because they did bring Boglins back in the early two thousands, and they looked really cartoony and overly cute. And the one he showed like looked like it could be an actual like like it looked proper old school Boglin. Yeah, because they're meant um, to look like something that would come out of your nose, aren't they? They're meant to be kind of gross and yeah, yeah, and they really ew. wanted to make them look potentially like they were living creatures they they weren't yeah. cartoony so much they had like very creepy eyes and, and things mm. um so and that's how this one's looking and i don't want to take credit for it but i do feel that you know this is the year where boglin watch 2016 happened and now we're hearing new boglins uh, this I, year I, so i feel like this is the kind of news that much like when beyond good and evil 2 eventually like happens and is in people's hands like while i may not have had much of an impact i will Will still claim I had an impact because I talked about it a lot, and I feel Absolutely. like this is, this is one of those situations. I think you've talked about it enough that you are allowed to take credit for this one hundred percent, even if factually exactly. that's incorrect. Take full credit for things that you th- that you may have had a tenuous hand in, but you're not entirely sure how much of an influence you had. By the way, I created Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh, moving on <laughs> to the second part of uh, Boglin Watch 2016. Uh, we have... I mean, I, I should just tell the listener, yes, I've seen the Xenomorph Boglin. Um, people know I'm a huge fan of Aliens. They know about the Boglin thing. Everyone's been linking me to this. I actually knew about that thing for months because it's been sat on eBay for months. And Dread Central finally did a story on it because I guess someone bought it. Um, so now it's a thing. It's like... It's old news to me. Um, it was like $200 or something on eBay, and I'm not going to spend that much on a custom job. I like I like my products official, mostly. I will get some custom stuff if it's very interesting. And, and that was cute, but I'm not, I'm not spending that much for a mutilated Boglin, even though would, it was kind of cute. Would you spend that much if it was a Mysterio Boglin? I would be tempted. That's the only brand I can think of weed sell out. Oh, it's sorry? a bog mon- it's a bog monster, not a boglin. So it's like a, a gobot. Yeah, it's the the like it's like ah, this is kind of the thing, but it's not quite. It's hey, someone not took quite an, real. Someone took an act from the looks of it. Someone took an actual boglin and sculpted over some of it and repainted it and did a, an extensive makeover on it so that it's got like a you know 
an eyeless dome over the top of it and a big yeah. mouth and, and it looks like you know it's a xenomorph boglin and it is cute but you know i've known about it for a long time didn't buy it um other boglin watch news uh i have all three of the the original large boglins now uh my last purchase was dwark um and that arrived it's in good condition thank you all of you for being concerned over whether or not i got new boglins and <laughs> the final bit of boglin watch news is i've just put a bid on what looks like a a fully or almost complete set of mini boglins which were huge in the uk and are therefore fairly tricky to get hold of in the us um because in the uk they ran with the boglin brand because obviously it's britain and we loved all that weird fucked up <laughs> shit and the us it never took off as much and they didn't have as many brands um, as many toy lines um so fingers crossed i'm gonna get all them i used to be i was a fiend for mini boglins back in the day i never so. i never realized how much all these toys from the 80s were worth because um yeah on, on until a couple of years ago i had a mint condition hero quest that i just was like mm. yeah i'm never gonna it's, never it's, gonna use this throw it all away hold on to a couple oh, of the wow, i bought that from you yeah, it's no, very... apparently they go for upwards of $400. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, it's... well, probably shouldn't have thrown that in the bin. <laughs> it's really hit and miss which ones, like, kept to their value and which didn't. And it's the ones yeah. that people never thought would have value that have kept them. Anything like a Beanie Baby where people thought they were collectible just will never be worth a penny. But anything yeah. like Boglins, where it's like, why the fuck would anyone in 30 years want one of these? That's the stuff that sticks. Um, yeah. The one thing I have just... that I'm like oh, might be valuable one day. I still have the White Tiger Zord from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers mint condition with box. So that's nice. The, the original run one of that. I'm like, yeah, that might be worth something at some point. That is. I mean, just I mean, nostalgic people would fucking go for that at the yeah. very least. That you'd get something for it. Mm. Um, a, it's not even really, old stuff um... anymore. Like, there's some stuff because you know I buy toys and figures and fun things for my office there's shit i've bought from amazon that like a month or two later have had a massive price hike because mm. they they all got bought so you never know you never know yeah there's, there's, some there's a brilliant oh. uh, review actually on youtube of hero quest that i'm gonna link you guys in the chat so you can post it in the in the uh in the podcast notes or whatever so people can watch it because it's really really funny We'll give that a look and, then. And, and well worth a watch. Yeah. Okay, um, I'll make sure the, to put that out there. Yeah. The, 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 I was having a look at like the various bits of tat I got from E3, being like, which of these do people want to spend <laughs> money on? The big one seems to be the uh, the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild coins that were given out to people who tried <gasps> the game on the show floor. They were given the, coins? Yes, this is a big metal coin they gave away. Oh, um, I've seen them awesome. going for like £100 on eBay already. I'm like... Uh, let's just wait on that one for a bit. Let's wait on my nice shiny gold coin. <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so yeah, we we we're here. We're doing a we're doing a show and stuff. yeah, welcome, welcome everyone to Podquisition here for not the last time, but certainly the last time for a little while is Laura. Hello, hello. How are you doing, Jim? I'm okay. I'm all right. I um, I've been in. A little bit of, uh, well, I've had some, people know, if you follow my work, you know I've got a, a back injury that I had since January, and you also know I got a tattoo. Now, those things conflicted, because I've been doing <laughs> physical therapy uh, in water, which was doing fantastically. Like, I mean, like, the pain was practically gone. Um, then, got the tattoo without thinking about 
the ramifications. I'd had the tattoo planned for a long while, but I didn't think about how that would work with the water thing. Can't get in the pool. Physio people are like, okay, let's go to the gym. Did some gym work and boof, total relapse. I wasn't <laughs> ready for it yet. So now I'm back on some medication. So I'm, I'm feeling a little fun today, but you know, <laughs> Not not like I was on that episode of Spinoff Doctors where we where I just derailed the whole thing. Um, I'm not that bad off, and I'm trying mm. to take it slow because you don't want to get fucking hooked on that stuff. You you do not want to get hooked on pain medicine. So yeah, um, I I've been warned about the pain meds I'm getting next week. It's like we'll give you them for 24 hours and then we take them the fuck away because we don't want you getting addicted. I'm like, yeah. but but I'm, they'll be I, nice. Unfortunately, slash fortunately, I live in America where they don't give a fuck. Um, so <laughs> I've got them if I need them, and that's getting me through it. And you have to it, have self-control. Yeah, it'll carry me till the tattoo's healed, and then I can get back in the water and get back on things. Mm. And Gavin! Mm-hmm. How are you? Uh, also on kick-ass drugs for injuries. Woohoo! Are you? Woo! Yeah, yet, yet another fucking Not, not drug-wise, I don't want to sound like i'm some weird <laughs> pill popper um what, what, what's the injury I, I haven't heard of this i must have missed um it. oh it's nothing major i just like smashed my toe into a chair like a couple of days ago and now mm. went to bed last night and it suddenly became agony and apparently what it, it happens is the nail digs into your your skin and it takes a couple of days to kind of get all fucked up and then it gets really sore so oh ingrown Mm, it's not an ingrown toenail. Oh, okay. That's what that's what I thought it was when I was right. going out, but it's got mm. some different name. It's oh, okay. but it's fine. I just some other I, thing that infected I have to your sit, foot. I have to sit <gasps> down for three. Oh my days. god! Oh my god! Gavin has an actual foot wound. Gavin has an infected foot wound. <laughs> I was just about to point that out. <laughs> yeah. Long time listeners will be delighted. Blaming by that. you guys for that. <laughs> I, I can't believe like. There are very few situations in which it's acceptable to get that happy and excited about your friend having an infected foot injury. Yeah, like, it sucks. G- Gavin, Gavin, it, it sucks. It, it sucks. It sucks, but also is is kind of fun. If that... you had to have a sucky injury, I'm so glad it's that one. I'm pretty yeah. sure you two willed into existence. <laughs> It's it's a a while. It's a tulpa. That's what it's a tulpa. Like we just believed it enough that it became real. Um, Okay, what are we talking about now? No, I hope you get better, Gavin. Wishing you all the best. God bless you. God bless you. Oh, and 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 it'll be over by the time that this goes out. But good luck to Ireland tonight when they get trashed by Italy. Oh, what's that? that Football (laughs) slash soccer. Yeah. Okay, I'm not is this a kicky ball game? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's clear that whoever wins, our fans definitely won over the French. Anyway, I don't know if you guys have seen any of the stuff that's been going on with the Irish fans, but I don't like, know anything about anything. Yeah. They've they've made themselves very popular in France, basically oh, okay. doing lots of nice things for people. <laughs> is that ironic? That you no, no, that no, they really? actually oh, it's actually are. genuine. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, sorry, I, I, I thought this like was sarcasm. I thought you were implying that they've like beaten up people. Yeah, I'm so no, used no, no, to that's, English that's football yours. fans. That's, that, that's yeah. your guys, Laura. <laughs> I'm so fucking used to hearing about football fans from an English perspective that I can't yeah. imagine them being nice anymore. Um, but that's cool. That's awesome. So yeah, good luck to Ireland um, in the in the past in the the kicky round the kicky round in, 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 in the kicky ball, ball. In, in the ball foot net game. Good luck to them the, in, in the, the in the, the piss the break. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> so should we should we talk about some video gaming news? Uh, let's, I, I, I feel almost like there was something 12 else. minutes no, in. There was one more thing I wanted to address. Ooh, um, what oh, what was yeah. the thing? Uh, there was a mistake made last week. Uh, oh, we yes, talking. yes. It's a, it oh, was a sensitive yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't want to dwell on it. It's my fault. I don't want to dwell on it because obviously it was a, you know, it's... It feels inappropriate tackling very serious issues in a show like this because you always mm. like feel like you're being a bit disrespectful just just on principle. Um, but mm. just to briefly touch on it, we talked about the Orlando attack last week and um, uh, and Colorado I said was, I said Colorado. You said Colorado. Yeah. Um, I should have caught it, but you know I I didn't twig that the, the it yeah, was uh, I, the wrong thing. As I, the I US think... resident, I should know. I take some responsibilities while going through the edit pass and not catching it. Like I've been very aware of what's been going on with that. It's definitely been something I was aware of, and I'm very sorry that I didn't catch that. That yeah. was um, you know, error. And as, people... as for my part in it, it was just literally two names of two cities in the USA that I, I got not, mixed up yeah. because they kind of sound alike. So that's I literally can't give you any other excuse than that. That was just you're what not happened. US residents though. And, no, you know I. I I always had I couldn't tell you where you know either of those cities is on a map or anything like that. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean you, you you are making another geographical mistake there, um, but I'm just going to let the listeners have fun with that one. Um, um, but no uh, disrespect was meant, and most people no one took it as, as disrespect. they took it as an honest mistake. But I did feel mm, bad yeah. about it, so I just wanted to I wanted it on the show in so it's part of canon that that, that yeah. was recognised. We're as a sorry. Goof. Mm. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, um, but. Now we will take a step uh, away from Boglins and, and our own fuck-ups and our well, injuries. We're not taking a huge step away from Boglins, because you know how you wanted to talk about Boglin Watch because there was news about a thing you like maybe happening. Yes. I have some news like that this week. Oh dear, what news is that? <laughs> oh, you know Beyond Good and Evil 2, oh. that game that was not acknowledged once in the Ubisoft press conference, yet Laura. I was given postcards for when we left the thing. Laura, I say <sighs> this because I love you. Stop doing this to yourself. I can't. It's This is... I'm in a bad relationship with Beyond Good and Evil 2 and I can't bring myself to leave. Um, Beyond Good and Evil 2, according to um, Yves Guillermo and according to Michel Ancel, is still in development. And it's still happening. And it's, it's still, still real. And I should still have years. hope. And I was ready to give up. I was ready to believe that I was beyond good and evil 2 all along. But no, turns out it's a video game that's coming out still. Apparently, I am not beyond good and evil 2. Uh, you know, just... Gabe Ga- Ga- said Half-Life 3 was still coming out like four years ago. So Yeah, I, just, but I worry at this point Adjust now, your like... expectations, Laura. <laughs> like, it has been so long it's been so long that it's been in development that like we really are heading into duke nukem forever territory or at least mighty number nine territory neither of which is territory you want to be in especially no number one wants nine to be, no no one wants to be in shite i loved that laura I, wish uh, I'd come I, up was, with it myself. I was so proud of being able to end with shitey number nine on that review it's wait so, you actually uh, said that in yes your review? i ended my review for jim's for the jim because i literally i'm not joking i just came up with that right now as no well. um um, I gave it a four out of ten on the Jimquisition and uh, ended my and did review. Did you say with... nine like N E I N? No, like I did. No? I did mighty number nine question mark more like shitey number nine. It was all a right. good well, closer. Well, mine was shitey number nine as in no. You see, I thought no. I was getting all clever and wordy by calling it Nega Man, but <laughs> but that's just it's not as punchy as shitey number nine. Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, I guess we should talk about let's talk about shitey number, number two. Yeah, let's my, talk mighty about number nine is yeah. pretty shit. 
It is. I. It, it was shit now, enough that Jim started playing it for review and was like, "Fuck this! I'll make Laura do it." Yeah, that's. <laughs> it, it, there was a great relief when I messaged Laura and said, um, "Do you want to do another freelance gig?" And she said yes, and I just sat back and went. Ah, thank fuck! Free. I think, it, I think it took maybe twenty minutes for me to go. Oh, this you is were why. Angry at me. This is that why. Was, uh, Jim. So angry. That I was extremely altruistic Jim. of you, Jim. I was sending Jim incredulous <laughs> questions, being like, "Wait, so is this thing like as weird and confusing and shitty as I think it is?" And Jim was just like, "Yeah, yeah." Ah, come on, Laura. I pay better than Destructoid, at least. Oh, <laughs> you pay better than nothing. What? Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I it was still worth doing a review. It's a really enjoyable review to write, which is. I'm surprised you gave it such a high score. Actually, I thought it'd be lower I, than. I was than the lowest score that anyone gave it from any of the outlets I've seen. I've yeah, not general... seen a score lower than a four yet. General consensus mm. is that it's all right at best. Like it's not. Yeah. It isn't. It isn't the worst game ever made. Like it's not even Colonial Marines bad. It's. It is at its. It's just when it's at its very best, it's fairly mediocre. It's. It's a very. It's, it. I, I've yeah. seen better little big planet levels. Like mm. in terms of platforming layout, it's not clever map design. It's really basic. It's such a basic game. Yeah, it's it's just it is painfully mediocre. And my big problem with it is like I've seen people going either way in like that either side of a 5. Like you'll see as low as a as a 4 or as high as a 6. It seems to just basically be like people like myself, I wanted to like this game more than I did. I was desperately trying to like it. I really enjoyed the core mechanics, the the sort of the feel of the jumping, the running, the dashing. Uh, like, the core moveset worked really nicely. The problem is, boss designs were infuriating and repetitive and that was, fucking yeah. bullshit. Um, my big problem with them being, um, multiple bosses have the same attack where they jump up in the air and throw a projectile that if it hits you, you are frozen to the ground and have to mash A to get out of. You have to mash impossibly fast. It feels like it's luck rather than skill if you can avoid that. Yeah. And, and if you it if you're hit with it, it takes the... half your health, which is bullshit. <laughs> it's definitely luck based in the distance from the boss yeah, determines it... like whether you're going to get out of it or not. Because yeah. like I consider myself, I'm a fairly fast button masher. I play Dynasty Warriors for God's sake. I'm mm. very proud of my ability to like smash a button to fill a meter or something like that. I'm also uh, an inherent compulsive masturbator, so anything to do with with repetitive hand motion, I'm pretty good at. And I was struggling with some of those. Mm. Um, it like, it seemed to be mashings. unless you were lucky enough that the boss was exactly on one side of the stage and you were exactly on the other mm. when you got hit by that attack, then you weren't mashing out of it. Yeah, and I mean, I was like, getting out yeah. of it a bit nearer than that, but like I said, I am really good at that oh. button mashing stuff, yeah. and even I like I needed distance, and sometimes you don't get the distance, and no, I was and... shocked because I did not. I fought a couple of bosses mm. uh, before. She, realizing that i will not get anywhere near complete enough to do a review like i mm. i i've made it quite sorry i hit the microphone i made it quite clear by now that uh i don't necessarily feel a game has to be like taken to the credits before you can give a professional opinion yeah. on it but i do feel you've got to at least be 
get far enough to be fully confident in your belief structure. And I was like, I am having such a bad time with this. I ain't even going to get past halfway. So I didn't even know that 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 one fucking ice boss, her gimmick was repeated that much. And that's just so terrible. Her her gimmick got repeated. And the other problem with that, that ice boss that gets repeated is bosses that fly up out of your range of attack and if you don't yet have an item that can fire upwards you're screwed because like it's like oh i need to get up there to like actually even when you do have attacks that attack upwards you can't dash upwards you can't dash upwards. which, which yeah, means like, like there's there's this point in boss fights where they start glowing purple and you have to dash through them otherwise they'll reheal all of the health that you dealt the, mm-hmm. the damage you dealt the problem is a bunch of them will just fly up where you cannot yep. physically reach them. It's like, oh, I guess I can't stop you rehealing. That's at the point I uh, I gave up. That's the point yeah. I said. Right, I need to, I need to find someone to do this for me because I will not have the patience. It I was, think I when was fighting a bus and she flew up, she was she needed to be dashed through. She flew up. I couldn't dash through where she got her health back. And that was just, that was pathetic. That's pathetic design. It's just cheap design. And then on top of that, the platforming sections, a lot of them were just very uninspired. And a lot of them were so difficult that they felt like unfair. Um, There is a particular example where there's the, I think it's the lightning based boss that um, its stage involves a lot of machinery. And there's one stage where there's these giant spinning saw blades Oh um, yeah, I, that, mm. yeah. Whoever designed that that uh, okay. bit of the level, yeah. they can go to hell. So here's the problem with it: is that because it's a 2D image of a spinning blade and a 3D model that has shading on it of your character, it is near impossible to tell how close you can get to this blade before getting killed by it. And the problem mm-hmm. is, is you have to be pretty much pixel as close as possible to this blade before doing a full length dash attack to survive. And so many times it was, I died because I didn't get close enough, or I accidentally got too close and died, and just lost all my lives there. And stuff like that is just, it doesn't feel, it just feels cheap. Plus the game didn't tell me, until after I'd already died, that I could do a crouching dash. Yep, and it doesn't tell you that the length of your dash is not not set, it's dependent on how long you hold down the dash button. Because the dash yep. initially appears to be just tap it and you do the dash. I didn't know that. I, I did not know that until you just told me. Yeah, like this is the big problem. There are so many mechanics that this game doesn't talk about that are super useful. Like the fact that if you are, let's say you're fighting that ice boss and you're frozen to the ground and you know that when that attack hits you, you're going to die. If you've defeated enough blue enemies in the area, there will be a healing item on your pause menu, which can be used even though your character can't currently move, and it will heal while still paused, so that, like, the animations on screen don't continue. So you can basically, like, you can pause midway through, like, you can abuse that by pausing midway through an attack happening, like, when you're on, like, a couple of pixels health before it kills you, heal back up to full, and then it will finish doing its attack after that. Like, yeah, like, I, so I, I just discovered the health explained. fight. Ugh. Pure accident. And, Gavin, sorry, I know you were about to say something, and I did not forget, but you, then we got caught on a tangent, but I want to wheel back to you. I'm sorry about that. That's all right. Um, I was just going to say, when the poster boy for shitty games can get away with slagging you off on social media, you know you fucked up. <laughs> uh, there were that, a lot of people throwing shade, yeah. There were a lot of people like pointing out that um, Sonic possibly uh, 
pot calling the kettle black, possibly throwing stones from inside a glass house. But yeah. uh, like it I reminded said, Mighty Number no. Nine only has one shit game. Sonic has half a dozen. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah it reminded me of. Um, there's a line in The Simpsons where I forget the exact thing, but I know it was Martin Prince making fun of uh, Bart, and he's like, "Oh man, even Martin's scoring points off me." And I'm like, "That's that's the relationship right now." Is that? Fucking Mighty Number no. Nine is the Bart to Sonic's Mountain Prince. Um, they weren't the only ones. There was a Steam World Heist, which is a oh very, god, it's a, yeah, it's a cult hit. They sent an email out to press. I think I was the the first one to see it because I rushed to Twitter with it. They were throwing mad shades. They were very much like, oh, this game isn't going to make you cry. Um, there's been some really retro inspired disappointments coming out lately, but we're not one of those. Look at our Metacritic scores. It was really fucking vicious. But yeah. Funny. Um, yeah. At least, I mean, that's the one thing in all of this is that, um, you know, my fans of Mega Man and the people who backed this game and believed in it are indeed incredibly disappointed. But yeah. at least most of them are having fun with it. Like, it's oh yeah, it's I, become I, quite mimetic and entertaining, even if it is, it is sad, you know. It's sad to see yeah. someone like Keiji Inafune tanking i mean he's 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 tanked his fucking reputation with this like mm. it's his name right now but, but it's, he, it's i don't okay, know because red ash will be better <laughs> it's better than nothing at least uh, you know what's red- better than you know what's better than nothing and better than this a better game that's yeah. better that's also better yeah. you know what would have um, been better than this game nothing Mm-hmm. Like, like I, I'm still proud of the other line I had in my review, which was, um, m- um, like an anime fan on prawn night, I'd rather be playing Mega Man right now. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, yeah. the missteps that this thing's had over the past three years has been incredible, and I'm going to probably do a bonus Jimquisition on it. I don't know if it'll be up before this goes out or after, but um, I'm still mulling over how to tackle it, whether I want to just do a full post-mortem or give certain opinions on certain bits, but it, it definitely needs some sort of episode. And yeah, Koji Inafuni's name right now is mud. Like, I don't think it's Randy Pitchford bad, but it's at the point where I didn't know he was involved with Recor, and now I'm less interested in Recor. Like, it's that bad. And I know that's not necessarily fair, but one can't help the the kind of internal mm. associations our minds make. And right now, Inafune's name to me is associated with mistrust. Mistrust um, and mediocrity. What, what I can say is, like, right from the first time I played a demo for Mighty Number no. 9, I was like, something feels a bit off here. I didn't get that feeling with Recall when I got my hands on it at E3. Like, it feels, good. It feels like a much more solid, high-production experience. It doesn't feel like it's trying to simultaneously ape off something that he used to be good at doing while trying to avoid doing the thing he used to do. It doesn't seem like it's nearly as conflicted in what it's trying to be. Do you know what what really struck me about the the game, actually, was um, you can have a lot of games that don't have impressively technically impressive graphics but are still beautiful, and it felt to me this game was artistically very ugly. Like, I don't know, I've rarely seen games... yeah, Yeah. Yeah, like I've yeah, rarely seen game. Like the only other game I can think of is maybe Revolution sixty that had mm. that like real, just artistically not very good in the in the designs and the visuals, you know. And mm. I just I felt like maybe they just didn't spend any money on proper art, actual I, creatively artistic people to design. Because you look at the um, the concept 
mm. art and well, the, 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 um, not even concept art. There was that gameplay footage they did in Unreal Engine Four, the two yeah, yeah, D the the, animated one. They had the mm. uh, the original um, proof of concept bit of footage. They had really good concept art. That all looked really good. And then mm. you look at this, like like. I, it's always hyperbole when people say something looks like it belongs on another console. And I'm not saying that from a, a graphical quality standpoint, but from an artistic quality. Mm. The the style they went with, I look at Beck, the main character, I look at the you know this mighty number nine, and he looks like with his like expressionless face and lines coming off of his face and just the thick, muddy lines detailing him, he looks like he and belongs the on the... clashing colours... Yeah, yeah, he looks like he belongs yeah. on the original PlayStation as one of those sort of forgotten mascot characters. He, yeah. like, he he belongs up there with Croc or something. See, you know what the biggest <laughs> problem with like releasing character art this good, uh, like of, of this poor level of quality this year is? It is the current year. You can't do it because this is the current <laughs> year. Uh, I found that fucking, funny. That fucking yeah. game. The, the game the, starts the, with with it is the. It is the it's current not exactly year. the current year. I think it's like it is the no, present no, no. year or something. It is it is the present or the current year, and it's like it yeah. is the present year. And, and like, that's like, the setup. Uh, yeah, the the setup is even though there are robots in a giant fighting coliseum and flying cars, it is definitely the current year. When your storyteller couldn't even be fucked to come up with a date. It's not like, even come 20, up with a you date. You didn't even come up with twenty XX. Yeah, at least it's twenty just, XX has some style to it. You yeah, know, it is the current year. Oh, well, you Beck, like... what, what did you do, Beck? Oh, wait, I programmed you to do that. I forgot that you could do it. Like, that's yeah, the, the dialogue level is... of the fucking dialogue. The dialogue is pure cringe material. It, it, is, it is the pits. Uh... Um, and it's just, that's the problem with it, is, is no one bit of the game is exceptional in any way whatsoever. And it's, it, it's, it's just a, it's a great shame. And my one fear, and it, it, I've seen it already. Fucking hell, treading on the fucking thing. Sorry, I've got a. I, I did this on an episode of Spin Off Doctors as well once. There's a little button down there that you press it and it says Warrior needs food badly. And I'm always <laughs> worried when I accidentally tread on it because I can't be fucking. He's talking about up. his willy, isn't he? The, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but anyway, um, the one fear I've seen is people. Uh, being dubious about other crowdfunded projects. There were already people thinking the failure of Mighty Number no. 9 has something directly to say about how Bloodstained Ritual of the Night is going to do. Uh, and mm. I, I feel it's really important to stress that they're two very different projects. And mm. so far, the people working on Bloodstained, you know, Eager and his team have done everything by the book. Like, so far, they've been very open. We, they've mm. not been, like, delaying constantly and, and finding new ways to beg for more money and putting up new Kickstarters on top of old Kickstarters. We haven't, uh, seen, any of those, we haven't seen any of those warning signs yet. It's no, none, of, and, none of the things that turned up very early with Mighty Number no. 9 have been the case here. Exactly. And the gameplay footage we've seen coming out of E3 looks gorgeous. Like, it looks... It looks mm. like Symphony of the Fucking Night. It doesn't look like some poor clone of... An, an older, better game series like Mighty Number no. Nine. Like it looks like. No, no. This is the Symphony of the Night guy, and he's giving us a new Symphony of the Night. Uh, similarly with Ukulele, everything we've seen so far looks above board, looks on the level, it looks gorgeous. They've got actual gameplay footage to show us, and it's not looked worse as it's gone on. So, you know, I don't. 
because obviously as someone whose entire work now, um, or at least his entire um, brand is funded on Patreon, you know, the whole Jimquisition thing, the thing that has been my life for years is now on Patreon. Obviously I believe in crowdfunding and I believe in, I feel like I know how to do a successful crowdfunding campaign because I do mm. one. Um, and, and I just seeing skepticism about the whole idea off the back of this is, it, 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 it makes me sad because I still think it's one of the only avenues we're ever going to get to get really good concepts that the AAA game industry will be too afraid to touch and have it done on a significant scale. Uh, so I still just, really believe just on in a, it. Just on a side note as well, crowdfunding is becoming essential for musicians as well as in the mm-hmm. video game industry. And I, I, it's definitely not an inherently bad thing. Yeah, I feel like you know some people love to like mock it. You know, I, I've been called a, a, a scam artist because any, <laughs> anyone who crowdfunds, obviously they're a scam artist. I've been called a scam artist, a leech. I've been called, you know, told that I'm on hipster welfare or I yeah. accept charity. But I'm like, mm-hmm. no, for me, like the purest business relationship you can have is this direct transaction between you and your audience. Here is my entertainment that I've made here is your money and we're swapping and <laughs> you know it, it's a it's a direct fucking trade and mm-hmm. and that that to me is so it cuts out all the middlemen it's such a pure fucking thing and and but and, and like I, with I hate that. like with any financial system yeah there's going to be people who abuse it and yeah there yeah. will be absolute talentless fucks who will like yeah. get onto patreon and be like and support my that- patreon because i just had some drama Mm-hmm. And we all know that uh, Shenmue 3 is going to be a terrible disappointment as well. We all know that. But mm. we move on. We move on from the terrible disappointment that Shenmue 3 is going to be. Uh, <laughs> being a bit naughty there. Uh, no, we, I hope I hope Shenmue 3 turns out well. I'm yeah, just like, saying that it has had some warning signs as well, so yeah. I'm a little bit... Mm, I never want a but, game to be bad, but there are some games that I fear in advance might be bad. Yeah, yeah. And I just... My advice to people, because I, I back things. I love backing things. Um, I haven't done any in a while, actually. I'm, I mostly do interesting toy concepts or things like that. Um, mm. But I have backed, for the record, um, you know, I, the disclosures are on the Jimquisition, but uh, for right now, full disclosure, I have backed ukulele. I've backed um, Symphony of the Night. I've even called it Symphony of the Night. Uh, Ritual of the Night, uh, Bloodstained. Uh, I've backed Friday the 13th, which was a bit more of a risk, but so far it looks like they're actually going to pull it out. Um, you know, I've, I have backed games. Uh, I will continue to back games uh, because I I feel in some ways it's the only way to get certain concepts I want to see fully realised. Oh, it absolutely is. And even... even... <laughs> Even after the success of like um, certain crowdfunded games, like the the big AAA publishers aren't really copping on to how popular this this these genres are. No, just... so far Sony Sony and Square Enix seem to be the only ones who have shown interest in it because because Sony yeah. obviously partnered um, where over the Shenmue thing and and did some help there. And Square Enix has been doing this thing where they send emails out, picking out interesting Kickstarters and stuff. Mm. Um, so they're the only ones that seem to have given a shit. Although, you know, mm. um, Square Enix at least hasn't, doesn't seem to have learned anything about that in terms of how to make their games more interesting. Um, but you're, you're right. Like very few big publishers want to 
learn those lessons or take those risks uh, mm. and start doing those games for themselves. So crowdfunding is still the best way to, to get those games made. And my advice to anyone who does Kickstart is like, just look for the warning signs because because mm. they are there even from initial pitch. Sometimes hard to spot, but if you're ever like, if you've got doubts, just understand that what you're doing on Kickstarter is you're not pre-ordering something. Um, although there has been one, there's been one project to date, and it was some watch thing that did treat Kickstarter like a pre-order program. Instead, you're not pre-ordering. You're not even investing uh, because you're not expecting like a return on it in, mm. outside of just getting the thing. You're gambling. You mm. are gambling, uh, and that's what Kickstarter is, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, uh, but it means that you've got to be wary of the risks and also understand that what you back may not ever happen or certainly not be the way you wanted it to be. Now, that's not to blame the backers for this. That's not to let games like Mighty Number no. 9 off the hook because, you know, anyone being crowdfunded, it should be on them to deliver what they promised mm. and give people a quality product. But, I, you know, it saves you heartache if you can just understand that what you're doing is always going to be a risk mm. and to be comfortable with that. Like with the Friday the 13th game now, I don't know the studio who are doing that very well. Um, I don't I, I don't know if I've even played any of their games before. Um, their footage looks promising, but I can already see issues where it's maybe a bit janky. Uh, so it may not turn out well, but I'm a big Friday the 13th fan, and I thought, you know what? Fuck it. I've got, I've got this disposable income right here. Uh, I'll gamble. I, I'll just I'll throw a wager on it and hopefully get the Friday the 13th game of my dreams. I may not get it. If I don't, you know, the, I will still give the game plenty yeah. of criticism because uh, it'll deserve it if it turns out to be shit. But at the same time, I won't feel betrayed by it so much because I am in that mindset where I may never get what I want on this. I'm just paying for a chance. Yeah, you only put in money into Kickstarter that you can afford to lose without getting anything in return. And it's unfortunate mm -hmm. that that's how you have to look at it, but that's that's the kind of way it is. But we've had some great games that have come out of Kickstarter, like... Hyperlight Drifter, Super Hot, um, Undertale, uh, Shovel Knight, like that Wasteland is Wasteland Two, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> Collusion. Uh, that's like that's like four or five of my favorite games from the last couple of years. All that came yep. through Kickstarter. Like it's not an inherently bad thing. Just be very aware that you m there's no guarantee what you'll get if anything for your money. Yeah, like that's 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 really and and what you said was right on the right on the nail. It's don't put in money that you will miss. Mm. Uh, that, that's my approach to any Kickstarter I've backed. It's I put in money where it's like a month from now, I will have forgotten that I put that much in. Um, and that don't bet the farm on any of these things. That's no. just, it's, it's not wise to do. Yeah. Uh, now even what, if it looks really good. Um, while while but, that is all smart yeah. on paper, if Beyond Good and Evil 2 gets a Kickstarter this week, <laughs> I will pour all of my life savings into it. It's fine. Uh, <sighs> well, anyway, that's so why you know, we spent a, quite a while on that. There's a topic that um, I don't know if either of you guys have heard of this even, but it's quite controversial at the moment among certain YouTube communities. It's the topic of... Um, 
particularly Call of Duty YouTubers getting paid by Activision in various ways to promote the supply drops and oh, not disclosing yes. it on their channels. Mm. Now, to oh, me, another one of these again. Not now. I'm not. I'm not judging, but I'm saying for me, that would feel to me if I did that, like I was selling gambling to kids. Oh, that, that is entirely that, what you're doing. That to me would doing, feel yeah. ethic, ethically very, very dirty to do that. Mm. Yeah, to accept but... money to sell gambling to children. Again, I'm I'm not in that position. Like I don't know what the deals going on are and what obligations they're under and what like they can and can't say while they've made these deals. Yeah. But from the outside but, looking in, it does seem a bit shady. Like I can I can tell you without too much detail from personal experience, it's absolutely true that YouTubers get offered things to say good things about games. Oh yeah, oh, yeah I've like, turned down I've turned down several thousand I've turned down dollars like, worth of promotional I, opportunities. And I, I yeah, got same with, same with me. Just before E three, I got offered three hundred dollars to review a hard drive and to just like. If I made a video before E3 and was like, hey, so yeah, while I'm away, I'm going to be recording all my uh, video content on this brand of hard drive, I'd have been yeah. given 300 quid. And I didn't yeah. do it because it felt really shitty to it's do wrong. that and not disclose it. But equally, those offers, those offers like, are um, always around. We'll, we'll pay you X amount to do a video about X game, but you can't mention any flaws or bugs and you have to make it out to be good. And it's like, yeah, no, could, I'm not, not going to do, do that. I could never do that. <laughs> yeah. The, the, uh, the, the closest I ever got to uh, any kind of that sort of collaboration um, was uh, back at Destructoid um, with NVIDIA, where I never had to ever talk about their stuff. Uh, it was, hey, we want to give you this high-end computer to do all of your PC reviews on, and because whenever one reviews a PC game, they give out system specs. So their mm. system specs were in the review. And... It was fully disclosed, and I'm, mm. you know, I've I've got no problem with that because I wasn't reviewing the system itself yeah. in exchange for the system. It wasn't mm. that kind of brokerage. Um, but my my thing has always been disclosure, disclosure, disclosure. Let people know. I don't care how many YouTubers are paid to pretend to like something. Uh, just tell us. Like just just put mm. it out there. Like. Especially when it's something like gambling, because uh, that's, gambling you're getting into really murky ethical waters yeah, there. That, that I, I don't even know if I'd be okay with disclosure on that one. Yeah, because that, that, that feels is, like it crosses yeah, the line. Again, I, I probably wouldn't judge overly hard. I wouldn't go as far as to say, you know, you're a terrible person and you should be driven, exiled from the industry. Um, but that certainly is... Uh, a bit sleazy. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd feel the same way if it was like, because I know people do uh, unboxing, quote unquote, for loot boxes in Overwatch, but if, uh, yeah. if it had turned out they'd been paid by Blizzard to do it, uh, especially with what I think of that system already, mm. uh, I would I would probably personally, and I wouldn't, you know, tell others to do the same, I'd probably personally, like, not want to watch that channel anymore yeah. uh, and, and find some someone else to yeah. watch. Um, well, like, these things are very pervasive. Like, the very first time I got offered paid work in the industry was doing um, a written article for a magazine about a company that was making a bunch of, like, collectible card games for mobile based on popular brands. And I, you know, was writing my article. I had, like, three or four pages in this physical print magazine to write about them. And one of the things I wrote about was really scummy practices and why they were being sort of pushed out of Asia and into Western markets 
because of the fact that some of their like gacha machine mechanics were breaking Asian copy uh, like um, gambling laws and mm-hmm. that they were moving a lot of stuff over into the West because those protections weren't in place yet. And I was then told, like, hey, so the budget for this like three or four page spread comes from that company. We don't want you talking about X thing. So I just was like, fuck it, I'm out then. Because mm. I, I didn't want like the fact that it's like, hey, I've been very positive, but there is this thing that you should probably know, and they didn't want me mm. to put that in there. I was like, well, fuck it, that's that's not going to do this one then. Yeah, yeah I, I, uh, I accepted one ever, and it was to um, to go to Paris with Ubisoft in return for making a song about watchdogs which I was already going to do. So I was like, well, yeah, I've got well, nothing to lose there. It's, it's a different situation this, for, for you. For example, because, like, this, year, you're, you're, this year at E3, there was a, a deal I was offered by a company to make two songs in return for being taken to E3. And one of the reasons I didn't go and cancelled it was because I didn't feel I could make two good songs that yeah. would please my audience. So. Well, yeah, the th- the thing obviously for you is you're not doing criticism, you're like creating content based around something, so there's not such a problem of like... Well, it would still be skeevy to oh, be kind it, of... Well, it would still be skeevy, I think you've but... uh, stumbled on, you've stumbled on the, the one ethical dilemma in this situation for you as a musician, I think, is if yeah. you did a song you didn't think was up to your yeah. standards for yeah, exactly. I can see that being the, 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 the problem for you as a yeah. musician. Because my audience would see through that in that would yeah that would, that would flat, be you like, selling out yeah because yeah. like there are yeah. other people who I believe have been in that same situation this E3 who've not had great responses on some of their videos because of that so yep. audiences yep. can tell what's going on yep. yeah um, so yeah should we should so we that just... means I should probably cancel that Clash of uh, Clash of Kings collaboration that I was planning for the Jimquisition then oh no it's gonna <laughs> be so great oh. um, so other news we had this week. Watch Dogs 2. It's not going to have Ubisoft towers. It's not going to have map towers. Good. That's, that's, uh, that's I'm good glad news. it's become such a stigma that Ubisoft is starting to slowly creep away from them. It's become such a stigma that only Nintendo's doing it now mm. in their Zelda. I <laughs> can't <laughs> believe they're doing that. They're, well, they're, oh, yeah, let's that's... be fair. Nintendo does tend to be like five years behind yeah. everyone else. They're looking at the, the popular games of five to ten years ago and being like, ooh, map towers, they're the in thing right now, right? By the way, don't ever make jokes about Nintendo on Twitter. Holy fucking shit does it make people <laughs> angry. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Nintendo it's fans like, are, yeah, they're a special It's like mate, we were all making like horrible, like mean jokes about every game at E3. And then I made like one little gentle joke about Zelda, and the rage was incredible. <laughs> oh yeah, they're always getting it too. Like I wasn't even making fun of Zelda; I was making fun of uh, just how boring parts of the Nintendo Treehouse oh, po- directly was. The Pokemon was. shit, yeah. When they talked about Pokemon for like five thousand hours, and mm. when they were so, because it wasn't just the fact they were talking. Like I, I like Pokemon well enough. I, I, I'm fond of Pokemon. It was they were so desperate for time. And trying to play for so much time. They were talking yeah. about such intricate minutiae in such a dry, boring way that I was like, shut up! Like, and people were like, it's not yeah. it's not really a press conference, so you can't complain. So like, yeah, I can. Yes, I you, can. You told me to come online at this time to see all the Zelda. Let me see the fucking Zelda. <laughs> uh, so like yeah. Nintendo fans. Uh, Nintendo. Um, other stuff we had. You know how Microsoft during their press conference at E3 were talking about how the Scorpio was going to do 4K gaming? 
Yep. They are already backing the fuck away from those claims. <laughs> so the, the update this week is Scorpio games won't be required to run at 4K, and if developers would rather focus on performance and frame rate, mm-hmm. then it's not a problem if they don't run at 4K, which basically seems to boil down to... We can technically can do 4K, but not many people FPS. are going to actually do it. So, like, yeah, this is the whole PS4 uh, can technically do 60 frames per second, but developers keep saying they want to be cinematic, which really means they can't do it. They can't. They can't do both. They can't have, you know, the high fidelity graphics they want and the frame rate. So, yeah, brilliant. Well done. Well done, Microsoft. Yeah, did not take them very long at all to back down from being the most powerful console ever to, uh, maybe we can do 4K. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. maybe they just realised that like they'd made the slim Xbox completely redundant, and that's why they're backing off on that the That really Scorpio. was weird, wasn't it? I mean, Microsoft's mm. press conference overall was pretty decent. Like, it was solid. But that was such a weird thing to render a new, a new SKU obsolete within an hour of its announcement. <laughs> um, we also got... Like, I wouldn't buy a Slim. If I didn't own an Xbox One already and was not interested in the higher price for the higher power, like, a year from now, and wanted to play some of the games currently around, I can see why the Slim would be, in that case, a proposition. Does, but the, did this, it's does a very the Slim have higher market. specs? It does, or is it the same? but the yeah. games won't run any better on them. Basically, oh, the, the additional specs are for the HDR stuff they're doing, apparently, oh, okay. um, but they won't affect the games. So, yeah, we'll we'll see whether people pick that, my that poor smaller Xbox. box up or not. You know, yeah. it, it does make me a little sad because my Xbox 360 got turned on, like, you know, three, four times a week. And well, I, poor, I, poor I, I imagine Xbox anything in the same just... room as you would, Gav. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well done. Um my poor little Xbox One just sits there collecting dust and it's not, you know, you say this stuff and it's not like you want it to be failing. I would love no. it to be doing well and it just doesn't have the games. It's sad. I I hate it. Like, I, mm. I honestly, like, I joke about saying the Xbox One is a bit toss. As a console, I don't like it at all. Mm. I think it... Like, trying to update it is a nightmare. It made all the mistakes the PS3 made last generation. Mm. It feels like a continuation of the PS3 rather than a continuation of the 360. Things got more drawn out. There were more convoluted steps to get to things. It doesn't even play a fucking Blu-ray disc correctly without needing another program to run it. It's the whole thing, like... I turned it on the other day to play something. I, that's it. All I wanted to do. I'd finished playing, you know, Bethesda's new Doom, you know, its uh, re- reboot-ish thing. I don't know why I'm describing it like that, like it wasn't a really famous thing that came yeah, out. Yeah, new Doom. That I just Doom, got done playing. You may have heard of this Doom yeah, game at some point. That weird little indie game That little game indie, indie obscure game. Yeah. All I wanted was some Doom 2. And, you know, I can play I've got it on my PC, but I was in the main room. Uh, and I was like, fuck it, I just want to play it on the TV. Uh, turned on the X- Xbox One. 30 minutes later, I was playing uh-huh. Doom 2 because of the updates and the updates that wouldn't load. I had mm. to restart the system a few times to get it to work. Like, the thing's a piece of shit. It, it, I'm sorry if you're a fan of the Xbox One or the Xbox brand or whatever. I say this as someone who, last generation, I, could, I thought the 360 was the best of the lot. Absolutely. But 
the Xbox One is shite. I it's shite. I had nothing to play on it for the longest time, so I was using my Xbox One as a media center in my living room. And I like even though it has all the functions I would need out of like a like a media center for streaming channels and stuff, I still went and bought a Fire TV stick and stuck that in the side of my TV because it was easier than using the Xbox yeah, One. It's just quicker. Everything's quicker. Yeah. Everything is quicker on any of Nintendo's UI. Oh is my quicker. goodness! Yeah, I prefer the Wii U's UI for like streaming video setups to, to the Xbox yeah. Ones. When Nintendo makes things easier to, to find and buy and run, you you done fucked up large core. Uh, yeah. Fucking Xbox One. The store layout shit. The Windows 10 stuff is shit. Fuck off. Make make it better. Bring back the blades. You wanna it you was... wanna impress me? Bring you wanna I would buy an Xbox One S, even knowing the Scorpios out on the horizon, if they said, you know what? Have the blades back. Yeah, the blades were great. The blades were pretty cool. Um, yeah. So, other news we had this week. Um, you know how Mass Effect 3 had multiple endings, Gavin, that were all different and distinct? Oh, I've, I've <laughs> seen this story, Laura, and I've, I've... You know how I interpreted this? We want nothing to do with that shit show. I interpreted it very differently. <laughs> we'll get there in a sec. The Apparently the Mass Effect 3 ending isn't going to affect Mass Effect Andromeda at all, which Gavin has taken to be those endings were shit. We don't want to acknowledge them. We don't want anything to do with them. It didn't happen. Please forget it happened. I, I think it's really interesting still that that's the case, because regardless of, like, you might think that all the endings were functionally the same and I, that's your view to have well no no like, no you you when did i ever say i don't know ne- okay you, argue, you see argue there, your no. point then gavin <sighs> one of the reasons i was most pissed off about the endings is because they're so wildly different that they fucked up any chance of ever continuing the canon that's, okay that's like well, in that case like I liked that the endings varied wildly but the problem is and like this was always my concern for how do you do a sequel is how do you acknowledge a universe where everyone could either be robots or, or could green. or could be like robot <laughs> living hybrids or all the robots mm. could be dead or all the robots could be controlled by basically space god like how do you rectify or or an ending where the reapers are still around fucking shit up like how do you acknowledge all of those endings and be like, like or how actually equally how do you not acknowledge any of them because surely any of those endings would have quite a drastic effect on andromeda you would think mm. so i i don't know what to make of that right now well, they're putting it in a different galaxy, so I don't know if at some point of the story you'll you'll hear someone say, "Oh, they defeated the Reapers," and that'll be the only acknowledgement. Yeah, you but get. but there's an ending that you can get where you don't beat the Reapers, where you just give in and let the next cycle do it. So, like, even mm. that is a thing they can't do because they don't know for certain the Reapers died. It's it's well. This was one of my hugest problems with the the original endings because no matter what they do in the next game, it cheapens the the end of Mass Effect Three because you can't pick you can't either make everyone in the game green or not, mm. and you can't um, pick one as canon because that fucks off all the people who chose the other endings. Well, that's so. that's why I thought you go for a prequel. You use that those hundreds of years no. before Mass Effect uh, One starts, and you do something perhaps in the. Um, What's the name of the war in the Mass Effect universe? Where but um, why would you bother? Why would you bother playing through a prequel when you know how it's all going to end up? 
Well, because the story, <laughs> you know? the it doesn't have to be a story that's anything to do with the Reapers. You do a story, say, about the uh, the, the first contact war, and you do a story set in the war where the humans first interact yeah, with the rest of space. But everything, but everything you fight for in that prequel is going to end up in the bullshit ending of Mass Effect 3 and everything I, you fought for I disagree. I think that a prequel story <laughs> that is about like, hey, this is humanity stumbled upon other species and suddenly freaked the fuck out and started a war because they panicked. Mm. I think there's a re- there's really interesting well, room might, for a that, story there. That might be the story in Andromeda, you never know. Oh, that might be, but like that's... Mm. That's very much like a thing that think, could have happened in the past. That I was like, do explore some of those interesting stories in the past. Don't necessarily go into the future when you've made such wild endings. Given given the rock and the hard place they were between with writing new Mass Effect material, they did a pretty good job of finding a way to make something new. Do you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't see any other way they could have done it. Really, I can only that, ass- that would have acknowledged. Yeah, I can the, the, I can only assume ending. the logic is going to be we were we were so far away from where all the Reaper stuff happened that we don't even know what's going on over there, mm. and as such, it's irrelevant to us. Whatever, and that's the best guess I have for that right now. Um, yeah. So other other news we had. Honestly, honestly though, it looks fun, and I'm 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 looking forward to a new Mass Effect. I oh, really am. So am I. And it's hard it's hard not to. I mean, yeah. it was my favorite series, you know. So the main thing that I'm looking forward to uh, from what I've seen so far is I want that really cute Asari with the face makeup. I want to be friends with her. So that's that's cool. That was that was some super facial tech. Yeah, some pretty cool face mocaps and whatnot. Um. So other other news we got this week. Apparently, a third of Valve's staff are currently working on virtual reality games. Are you done yeah. with uh, Mass Effect? Uh, yeah. We're done with the Mass Effect. You can, <laughs> right. you can come back, Jim. Hang on. I'm pause my game. I was playing Spider Man on my phone. Okay, G- Jim. Jim. Uh, All right. What's up, Valve? Valve. A third of them are working on VR games. Okay, that'll explain why so much shit's gotten onto uh, Steam through Greenlight so far. Then exactly, there's no staff around to do quality assurance because yeah, they're all no busy. Yeah, no one's no one's no one's stopping games like Kimulator, formerly Kim Jong Un Simulator, from being on Steam. Ah, uh, they're keeping some games off of Steam that used to be on Greenlight that then got removed. Some of them that we won't acknowledge. Yeah, some games are off there. Um, the reckoning's coming, Mr. Wayne. <laughs> um, so. I don't know if that feels like a lot of people to have working on VR stuff. It's it's reassuring. Yeah. I'm glad that Valve are putting people behind like making software for their headset. I should point out, um, very importantly, that I said a reckoning is coming, Mr. Wayne, when I mixed two quotes together. Um, a storm's coming, Mr. Wayne, and I'm Gotham's reckoning, and I'm I messed up. Uh, just, I just want to put that out there as an important clarification. That's fine. I'll edit out your important clarification so everyone can still shout at you. It's fine. I know what you really want, Jim. I know you want them shouting at you. Um, they had a couple of last little bits of news very quickly to run through. Um, apparently, that new Zelda game is being co-developed by the people that did Xenoblade Chronicles X. They're, they're okay. pretty good at cool. doing open worlds that I like, so that's cool. Yeah, I mean, I... Uh... I'm a big fan of Xenoblade Chronicles X, so... Yeah. I think they did, um, for my money, they did one of the most interesting open worlds... Yeah. Um, ...that I've ever seen. It felt very alive, you know? Mm. And that's exactly what you want, um, especially in any sort of open world, but especially this one. You want a world that feels like like, like it's just teeming 
teeming with life. Yeah, and it's even if it's not NPCs around every corner and towns everywhere, it still feels like a unique environment that's memorable to explore, and that you have like a, yeah. a real sort of quest to get across. So that's cool. Glad to know they're working on that. And unlike Xenoblade Chronicles X, apparently you'll be able to beat the new Zelda game without seeing any of the story if you know what to do and where to go. So you can just, like, run for the end of this game, ignore all of the story, have zero context for the final boss fight, and go fight the final boss. And apparently you can just go do that and never see any of the story. It's, it's interesting. It's, it's an interesting it's a, move. It's a bold move. It's a very... I know I've been making this comparison for the new Zelda a lot, but it's a very Dark Souls-esque move to be like, do you want the lore and the, the story? Go find it. If not, just go kill stuff. Yeah, yeah, actually. They, I, I totally see what you mean there. It's, uh, yeah, very, very from software-ish in its design. And what interests me about Breath of the Wild is I'm looking at it and I'm seeing stuff that could almost be called derivative. Um, almost. Because you've got stuff that looks like Monster Hunter, you've got Ubisoft sensibilities, you've got this from software thing, um... And you could almost call it derivative if not for the fact that obviously it's a Zelda game and it's going to still have all that original Zelda stuff in it. But I just find it really interesting that they are looking at so many modern conventions. Yeah. It's a very non-Nintendo move with this particular yeah, game. Yeah, and whether uh, it turns out to be a good game or not, I'm very excited to see them trying something so fundamentally different. It's Yeah, I mean, compared to... I mean, they, like, Zelda games... Some people, you know, will say they're all repetitive and all the same. Um, they're not. They they all follow very. They all follow identical beats, mm. but they they each feel different. I think, and I realise that's yeah. a very artsy way I of feel, putting it. But they they all feel. I different. feel like it's it's fair to say that there is a formula that has been established for yes. how you make a Zelda game, and they've they've Absolutely. they have been There's very reluctant to veer away from that. And this is them saying, mm -hmm. "Yeah, let's veer away from our established blueprint." Yes, definitely. Exactly. You put it better than me. It's, uh, it's, yeah, I mean, it's exciting. And I, I feel almost like Breath of the Wild is, uh, more than just a, a name for what's going on in the, the game. It's, it's very much a, uh, maybe a statement on where they want to take Zelda as a series from it, now. It is, it so, is a very strong name to give a game that's making quite so many changes to an established formula. So, yeah. Um. Yeah. And and as someone else pointed out on Twitter, um, I forget who. I apologise. Uh, Breath of the Wild sounds like a title that's not alluding to that game's oh, one. Oh, they they acknowledged they in the live stream like this time we are not naming the game after an item that is pivotal to the story. Like there this is go. not named that's, after that's... like a thing in the game. It's just a, a flavor title. And that's actually again like that's such a little shallow thing, but that actually excites me because it represents a whole new mindset that they're bringing in there. Now, it, it remains to be seen whether the mindset's a good idea. Mm. Uh, obviously, I've slagged off Nintendo before for trying to be innovative where it wasn't needed um, before anyone brings that up. Uh, I, I'm quite famously dumped all over Star Fox Zero, um, but this looks like they've got the right idea, and I'm all for changing up the formula if it's going to make your game better. And if it's actually going to evolve in, you know, in a direction that ups your quality, makes the game more interesting and more fun. So it looks like from early stages, I don't know, I've not played it. Um, it's promising. Everything I played at E3 was reassuring, 
besides the performance on the Wii U. And that is, like, I will probably be picking that up on NX. So, like, putting the the current performance aside, I'm very... I'm very excited about what I got my hands on with. So that's good. So so fingers crossed they're on the right track. Um, I've got a, a story as well. Oh, what's your story, Jim? There's this... Um, uh, I don't know if any of you have heard of uh, M- MCV. Uh-huh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. MCV, um, <laughs> they do... Um, sort of in more industry side news uh, they don't talk about games so much so they talk about like the people and the studios mm. and everything and uh, I'm just looking at this headline here <laughs> it's written by Ben Parfit who he's, he's done some decent stories uh, Destructoid disbands UK team yeah uh, consumer mm. game site Destructoid has let its three UK writers go that's uh Laura Dale, Joe Parlock, and Vicky Blake. Yeah, that that is a thing that happened like in the middle of the night, the night before recording this. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, mm. uh, I'll address this as best I can. Basically, yeah. I should point out for the listener that that we, I did make sure it was okay. We t- I wanted to make sure Laura oh, wanted to talk yeah, about I, this. I didn't. Just, I did. I wasn't just throwing shade at no, Laura doing that. No, no, that. it is it is totally <laughs> fine. So basically, like two a.m. the day before recording this, um, I get an email that's basically boils down to, "Hey, we've got some financial seasonal stuff going on at Destructoid, and we're making some layoffs." Your whole UK team's gone in eight days. Um, End of this month, you're all gone. Sorry, bye. It kind of boiled down to. And eight days is not too bad for working out what to do next with stuff. Where it was a problem is I've got to be in surgery two days from now. So I'm like, oh, that's two days for me to deal with this. So that was fun. So basically what it has boiled down to is me running around like a headless chicken today, trying to work out what... What the new plan is to try and keep the Destructoid UK team together, because I love doing the Destructoid UK podcast. It's a lot of fun. I love working with Joe and Vicky. They do some really great work. And the solution we've come up with, if people are interested in it and it seems like a thing they want to support, is to bring Joe and Vicky into my Patreon and basically be paying them the salary that I wa- that they were getting at, at Destructoid to come right for me so that you won't just be seeing my work on on the Laura K Buzz Patreon you'll also be getting work like collaborative stuff between the three of us some more work from Vicky and Joe that like I'll have been working on them with and it'll all be very in tone with the sort of stuff I normally do on Patreon but there'll be more people there doing it uh we also have a a really cool awesome domain address that we're going to start using for some stuff so basically if you are up for the idea of more people like the people that I was doing Destructoid UK with coming over and being part of the Patreon if we can hit three thousand dollars a month on Patreon which we're about like six or seven hundred dollars away from at the moment I'll be bringing them on, giving them a salary, and we'll have a couple of extra people making lovely content about butts, probably. So that's yeah. And I uh, will just say um, they were the Destructive UK, the, that that core group were responsible for producing uh, some of the more, more popular stuff on Destructoid. Uh, so it doesn't surprise me that, that people are already contributing yeah. and getting that off the ground, and and I feel like you'll do really well as a as your own it's um, as our own little team. as your own solo yeah. unit. Um, I mean, you know, solo independent unit. Yeah. Uh, I will just say for the record, and I say this as someone who obviously uh, quite famously worked at Destructoid for a long <laughs> time and helped build it up to to what it um, was. Uh, I think it's a really boneheaded move. Um, 
you know, I, to, to be as professional as possible and not burn bridges and, and everything. You know, I I owe Nero, um, the the site's founder, uh, a, fair, a fair bit for for um, giving me the chance that I got to, to do the work that I, have, you know, have done in the industry. Um, but I do think that is one of the most boneheaded business decisions ever made um, by... Uh, by th- certainly by that company. I I certainly um, appreciate the sentiment there. It is it is appreciated. Yeah, my, I, and that is purely my opinion. That has that that's not Laura's opinion. That's nobody else's opinion. Uh, speaking as as Jim Sterling representing Jim Sterling, <laughs> uh, destructed yeah. fucked up. Well, that's letting letting go, especially letting go of Laura, who has only been making more and more of a name for herself, and has been because I you know. I talk to people. I know, I know certain numbers and figures and things, uh, and I know that that Laura's responsible for um, bringing a lot of of not just um, popular content, but uh, very unique content, very uh, diverse and varied content, and, and lending um, an alternative an, an alternative voice to a site that uh, was once famous for having so many alternative voices. Mm. Uh, I just think letting her go, especially, is just Laura is doing ridiculous. Laura is. I sent Laura this week on Facebook. I sent her a thing that I was browsing completely random channel on YouTube. Just he does kind of tech reviews and stuff. (laughs) And uh, he did a video about one of Laura's videos. Yeah, he made a video about (laughs) one of uh, Laura's destructoid article I'd written about, like the the practicalities of setting VR up in a home experience and the various things we had to sort of uh, fear with that becoming more mainstream. And that, yeah, yeah. So. I just thought that was so funny because I was browsing this channel because like, I'd never heard of it before, yeah. but I saw one video I liked and I was looking through and then I saw one of the times like Laura Dale's article about uh, VR. I was like, oh, let's click on this. And thankfully it was a nice video. Yeah, no, no, it was very positive, <laughs> yeah. that one. But like, there, yeah. there's a lot of stuff I've I've liked doing at Destructoid. I am super appreciative that I was brought on there in the first place, like getting editorial experience under my belt and getting like, UK PR companies to pay attention to me was definitely beneficial. A lot of PR companies since the news came out have like contacted me to be like, hey, we're happy to keep giving you review code with whatever you do now that you've left Destructoid. That's totally cool. Just keep us looped in, which is really reassuring. But yeah, it would be really nice to start wrapping up. Like, I want to get Joe doing more of his uh, PC port reports, talking about like the PC performance of PC ports of games, getting Vicky in to cover the spots on like shooty bang bang games that i have no idea how to talk about and get her in doing some (laughs) reviews of those uh we've got plans we want to start doing a let's play series on triforce heroes because we've got a 3ds capture set up now so we can start doing that so we've got we've got a lot of things we'd like to be doing it's basically just a case of i'd if if i could keep the whole team financially on their feet that'd be really nice so like if we can hit 3k i will be bringing a few more people in and we'll get more content and I will basically just be like, right, let's do whatever the fuck we want and it'll be great. Laura, <laughs> I, I can say as your friend, if I ran a reviews website, you'd be the first person I call to give the shitty games to. Hooray! <laughs> 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 um, so yeah, that that's a thing that has been acknowledged. So yeah, I'm not a destructoid anymore, but whatever. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go get surgery and then just not think about this for like a month or so. So that'll be great. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, at least you've you've got the Patreon support, and, and yeah, and and if you ever do need another job, I you will not have any trouble. I mean, I'd have I if I had the 
the budget to pay people what I want to pay mm. them um, and feel good about myself doing it. And if I were in a, a the, the mental position yeah. to be able to deal with having a staff, <laughs> which is probably my, my bigger yeah. barrier, um, I'd have poached you from Destructoid <laughs> a long, long, long ass time well, ago. I certainly appreciate the gesture. Um, yeah, and like I said, and the next time I get a game I can't fucking stand playing. Um, yeah, that's fine. I'm... You're on, I'm, you're on I'm my list. I'm happy to be on sh- review <laughs> shitty games for Jim territory because I can get away with... I, when I do reviews for you, I can get away with my first three lines just being extendingly long versions of the word, Urgh. Yes. Which, you let me get away no with that. No rules just right. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, should we do some questions and emails and things? Yeah, because yeah, I want to watch the football oui, oui, match. Oui. Okay, we'll try and get through them without too much time. So we got an email this week that I wanted to read out because I found this email really sweet and interesting. And this is from mm. um, Atsukamashi. And here is the email. Hello. My girlfriend was asking about Podquisition when I was listening to it last week. She doesn't speak any English at all, brackets, she's Japanese, and I decided to ask her what she thought about the presenters based purely on their voices not understanding what they were saying. Here are her answers. I hope you find them interesting. 1. She thought that you were an American family. Gavin and Laura are a married couple, and Jim is their son, maybe 16 years old. So, okay, we'll start with point one. How are you guys feeling about me and me and Gavin being a married couple who a father who parented Jim? I think that's, that's hilarious. Amazing. Okay, so point number two. She thought that the show was a diary about your daily lives and the activities you get up to. That's like vaguely on t- on point ish. We sometimes touch ish, on that's yeah. sometimes like it. That. Yeah. D- d- this week it's not too far from that, I suppose. Yeah, yeah we did a lot so of that this week. We did a lot yeah. of talking about ourselves this we week. We did. Uh, bear in mind, she hasn't seen pictures of any of us either when I give these descriptions. She th- yeah. Number three, she thinks that Jim has had too much sugar in his diet, and that is why he always sounds so excited. Uh, the moment she gets her in a photo of me, she'll just yeah. have those theories confirmed. She, she says that her Im- uh, she said that Jim is her image of how Mary- many Americans sound and appear. So, in in this woman's head, Jim, you you are the prototypical American. That is both is, insulting uh, and sadly apt. it's amusing, considering that you you came from the Britons. Um. Considering he actually sounds like Dennis the Man. Yeah. Um, number four, she thinks that Laura is a housewife, and that is why she communicates a lot with Jim in the <laughs> podcast, because they spend a lot of time together. So I am the housewife that's at home around with the 16-year-old son, and that's why we talk to each other a lot. Telling me to stop drinking all that Nesquik. Yeah, stop having your Nesquik, Jim. <laughs> stop it. You'll be bouncing off the walls. Yeah. Have, have, Pick uh, up your have, have some water. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Bit of a side note. I heard the best regional um, description of, of tap water this week. And it's a very British thing. Um, someone described it as council pop. And I find that description amazing. Yeah. That's, that's water brilliant. Council pop. Um, she <laughs> thinks that Gavin is probably an office worker and that he has... Turtle qualities in inverted commas. I had to. Turtle a- qualities. I had to ask what she meant by that. She said that maybe he's in his late fifties and moves carefully and slowly, like how he talks. 
<laughs> she says that maybe he has been forced into joining the conversation and would rather be reading a book somewhere quiet. I think it's more of the it's more the other way around. I'm forced out of the conversation. Yep. Um <laughs> and actually strangely enough I do talk very slowly but I move around at an insane pace which is why I'm always injuring my foot. I I walk very quickly. Um she said that Laura is probably quite tall and slim. Maybe she played sports at school and that's why she can get excited easily. I didn't play sports but I'll take I'll take tall and slim. That's pretty on point. Um and then the last predict, uh, the last thought on it was, she said that Jim maybe has long hair and likes loud music. Uh, I, I ain't got much. No, yeah, music maybe. <laughs> the last thing that was said was that um, he also asked her what kind of hobbies and interests we might have. Um, Jim, mm-hmm. she she thinks that Jim might be interested in computer games and skateboarding. I like to skateboard. Uh, yeah, well, she got she half right. right. He, likes to, to, he likes Tony Hawk. Well, at least you used to, did you? I, I found the last one hilarious for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. I guess that could count. Um, Gavin, apparently she thinks you like reading history books and drinking alcohol. Mm, yeah, not not too not far too off. Too far there, off. No, yeah, yeah. And she thinks that I actually funny. Oh. Funny enough, I got I got into. Um, I got into a taxi this week, and there was an Indian driver, and he immediately said to me, you are either a rock star or a footballer. Which one? (laughs) This was before I opened my mouth. Yeah, well done. (laughs) You've definitely (laughs) cultivated an image. And apparently I like shopping and having lunch with my friends. So, yeah, I can live with that. Um, Yeah, you can live with that. The, the the ending of the conversation was that he told her that I am obsessed with butts, at which point she said that this sounds a bit perverse. Why would he say that? And she lost interest in the conversation. So <laughs> that is that is a Japanese person's understanding of our podcast. And I just well, I felt that that needed sharing. Yeah, well, th- thank, thanks for that. I, I, that was very interesting. Yeah, are you are yeah. you happy that someone interpreted you as a sixteen year old skateboard kid? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll I'll go, I'll go I'll I'll try and see see how that plays down mm. the local discotheque. Down, down at, I'll, t- I'll take I'll take fifty year old history buff. Yeah, that's that's not too yeah. bad a thing to be called. Um, and you're you're the the housewife. Okay, so I'm just having a look for what other questions we've had this week, because I was very late to the party to asking. I got got a bit distracted today. Things were going on. Um, let's have a look. Um, oh, actually, on on a very similar topic, didn't we get a picture this week from a fan who uh, drew us by imagining what we looked like without knowing? Yes, uh, we put this in the the, sky, uh, the Facebook chat we all have, but someone who's never seen the three of us or Conrad tried to draw us based on our voices. Um, I looked pretty close. Gavin, yeah. you were very blonde. But in every other aspect, they yeah, got it pretty got much. Yeah, you pretty on. Right, um, Jim, the beard and the long Jim hair. Jim looks like a skeezy '80s porn producer. Yeah. I look like <laughs> the pi- the picture. I look like I, I look like I should be investigated under Operation YouTube. <laughs> and then Conrad just looks like clean cut McNormal man. So yeah, that he does have this. He's got that kind of. He's got a voice that's very um, 
I like, I've always said he should go into radio because he's got that very relatable voice. Mm. So I can see why he's just drawn as that very sort of normal, <laughs> nondescript. Because he's got he's just got a, a voice that's just very grounded. Yeah. Mm. Um. So we do have a couple. Why have I got Tumblr nose though? Um. That <laughs> is it from the the drinking. I think that red nose <laughs> is from your drinking. So I I, I suspect that. I where do that like came the from. porn. The the porn tash is nice. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Um. So we had a question from Liam Hind, or Liam Hind, I think it's Hind. Is there, are there any games that you ignored on release, but then came back to later and found that you loved? So are there any games you were like, eh, 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 and then when you eventually got to them, you were like, yeah, this game's really good. I should have played it sooner. Probably probably loads. Loads of times. Um, I, I know one, Undertale. Jim was recommending me that at launch, and I was like, eh, eh, and then I played it and was like, oh, this is amazing. Why didn't I play this when Jim told me to? So, so I, there's, I, yeah, that there's a good true, one. Yeah. I had that with Dark Souls, to be honest with you. I didn't like it at first, and then it really grew on me. Mm. Uh, let's see what else there. Oh, Me- Metal Gear Solid 2, definitely. The first time I played that, I just could not get into it, just didn't understand it. was just, no, I don't like this. And then I gave it another chance, like three years later, and loved it. So, yeah, that's. I mean, I was like that with a lot of old PS2 games because I used to buy them secondhand because I was poor as mm. hell. Mm. Um, so there were a lot of games that were very. It's not that I ignored them. It's just I, I, just found them in the bargain bins, and I used to pick games up based on just whether the cover was interesting. Mm. And through that, I, I got to learn of Shadow of Memories, which was just a weird-as-hell <laughs> game. Shadow Hearts, which is you know still one of my favourite Japanese RPG series. And uh, Gitaru Man, which is still, from, from as far as I'm concerned, the best rhythm action mm. game ever made. Um, that, that... But as far as ones that I ignored and put off, there are, I just can't remember them right the, the one that comes to mind in terms of I didn't pick it up when it launched, but I picked it up from a bargain bin and loved it, Shadow the Hedgehog. I picked up Shadow oh, the Hedgehog was... considerably after launch in a bargain bin, and I fucking love that game still to this date. I love that the president <laughs> has a picture of Shadow and Sonic on his desk in the White House. Ah... <sighs> Is there is there any game you've played like a bunch of times to try and get into it, but you just keep not being able to get into it? There is one that I did that with, and I did eventually get into it, but I had to try it like multiple, multiple times, and it was Monster yeah. Hunter. I kept feeling like Monster oh, yeah. Hunter is a thing I should enjoy, and I picked up like four or five different Monster Hunter games in a row, and every time put a few hours in, it was just like, nope, it's just not clicking. And it was the same time that both... Like the Souls series and Monster Hunter both clicked for me at once, but that was one where like I uh, kept coming back to it, being like, uh, n- no, uh, no. That's, that's my my experience with Undertale. I've tried it three times now to get into it, and it just never clicked for me. And that that is very fair in that like it is it is very specifically for a certain brand of humor, and mm. if that humor's not hitting you, all the gameplay's stuff's not hitting because that was the problem for you is that you're not good at you don't like rpgs or bullet hell shooters i don't like rpgs yeah. what oh, no. <laughs> laura no. sometimes I, sometimes no. i feel you don't know me at no. all <laughs> didn't you say you don't like turn-based rpgs 
yeah, I just it was the bullet hell that drove okay. me crazy. Okay, I, I apologize for some reason. And the humor, I, and, I thought, and the yeah. humor didn't, no. didn't do it. Obviously, for me, I know you like uh, open world, like Western RPGs. I for some reason thought you didn't like turn-based RPGs. But uh, I can take it or leave it. Okay. Turn-based, I have to say, doesn't really doesn't really do it for me. Yeah. But with certain games, I'll See, endure I it. Like that, Fallout, I wasn't or that but, off point yeah. with my stupid. No, you weren't sentence. that off. Um, you weren't that off. Yeah. Okay, we have. Um, I think that's it for questions because I got round to asking them way too late this week because I am completely disorganized and useless. That's so fine. should we? That's like Gavin. Yeah, should we wrap up so Gavin anyway. can go watch his yeah. footy? His footy? We'll wrap it up. So, uh, Laura, you are going away um, for a Indeed little bit. Indeed, I am, and yep. I would like to wish you uh, all the very best luck. Uh, I don't think you'll need it. I think it'll be absolutely fine. And I look forward to. I mean, in fact, I think we're going to be in more trouble than you <laughs> running this shit show on our own. Um, so you're going to be gone for a few weeks and you will be missed. And again, just, I hope it all goes really well. Oh, well, certainly appreciated. Um, I, I will mention now I'm probably going to be a little bit like a little bit all over the place for a little while after this. So if anyone wants to send me well wishes, Laura K buzz on Twitter, like, Probably Sunday after this podcast goes up is going to be a time where I'm going to need some like some nice words because I'm going to be a little bit of a mess. So, you know, if you got some time, maybe send me some some nice words that are like, hey, not everything sucks. That'd be cool. <laughs> not everything sucks. Yeah. You'd be not great. everything and sucks. Be, that, you... That'd be good. So just just before we end, someone just sent me a picture oh. that is re- <laughs> representing the three of us. Yeah. And uh, it's Dodger with blue hair. It's um, the, the guy who does critic. the internet. Yep. Yeah, it's Bono for me with his long hair. <laughs> I'm looking. And the nostalgia. I'm looking critic. at that, and I'm like, I can totally see wh- who each of those is meant to be. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you, comedic <laughs> cock on Twitter. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's that. I'll, I'll be away for a bit. I'll be back at some point. Who knows when? Hopefully not too yeah. long. And in the meantime. Yeah. In the meantime, people can still contribute to the Laura K. Buzz Patreon and hopefully get it up to three grand so that the Destructoid UK yeah. uh, group can live I, on together the as, whole, a, yeah, as a The unit. whole time that I'm off on surgery recovery, I'll still have Dark Souls episodes going up. Um, as yeah. of the most recent episode, where, where am I up to in that bloody game? Give me two seconds, I will find out where I'm currently up to in as spoiler-free a way as possible. Um, oh, that place where all the, the, the dead things keep coming back to life when you kill them. That's that's actually really not spoilerific at all was, for a Dark Souls was, game. The, so. the, 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 the graveyardy place where all the stuff comes back to life when you kill it. Oh, the, um, yeah, there you go. the cathedral. So I'm yeah. about that far in. I'm going to have Monday through Friday episodes of that going up the whole time I'm on surgery recovery. So if you're missing me, you got two and a half hours at least every week of me failing at Dark Souls. Well, there you go. That's good to know. And Gavin, if uh, we can learn about all the lovely music you do. Indeed. Well, I've had a nice little break for the last two weeks, which was much needed. Uh, but come over anyway and see the YouTube channel, Miracle of Sound. And the next song might just be Overwatch related, which is, again, getting loads and loads of requests. So yeah. we'll see. About... I'd, I'd be very excited to see that personally yeah. Yeah. As, as an Overwatch Oh, Oh, I forgot um, a thing. Sorry. Um, before I go off on surgery, I will still have going up. Um, two different collab videos with people from the Yogscast. So that'll be cool. 
So go check out your Laura K. Buzz on YouTube because I'm doing some collabs with some Yogcast people. Cool. There you go. Stuff's looking yeah. forward to. Um, I, I think it's it's pretty awesome. We've actually got stuff queued up while you were away. Like that, the, I know how stressful <sighs> that can be just for a weekend. Yeah, I've, I've queued up uh, two weeks. months of content should I need it. So like, I, <laughs> what are we doing? Are, are we getting guests, or have we pre-recorded stuff we've done? Or so I can I can tell you this much. Um, uh, Holly Green, as uh, as, we, as we've already confirmed. Um, hopefully, we can get her to. Uh, you know, we can get our schedules to align. And also Justin McElroy <gasps> from My Brother, My Brother uh, and Me and uh, Polygon's Monster Factory oh. uh, is uh, very excited to do it. And he's 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 going to do it. Again, it's it's a case of just working mm. out our schedule. So at least two guests <laughs> we have lined up. Good luck with that. I do want one that's just me and Gav um, out of morbid curiosity because I want to <laughs> see how that goes. See if goes. we can manage it. <laughs> see if we can, yeah, see if we can pull it off. Um yeah. But but yeah, we do have people if, lined up. And if anything and, goes uh, if I'm anything goes wrong, I have a best of podquisition that I can just email to you if you're like shit. What do we do? So that's that's yeah. that's there, so there if you go, need yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> I got a nice safety net for you all. Ah, <laughs> oh, thank thank for that. Um, all that remains to be said is thank you all for listening uh, and for for your support of the Jimquisition and and all the other stuff that we all do. Um, It's always appreciated. It's always wonderful. I'm just fucking happy to be here. And we will see you next time. Yes, we will. Yes, Most of us. Yeah, we will. Bye. 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 Bye.